artists only, and joining me for the fourth installment of our talk is Brian Baresi. He's a illustrator and painter out of Sharon, Massachusetts, and uh, I haven't seen you in a couple of years. It's been at least yeah, it's been uh, two years. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate it. We first met when I was helping out um, my our mutual friend, really, uh, Ian McGregor. Mm -hmm. um, he was setting up the Treat Yourself. It was towards the end of those uh, music and art showcases that were once a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was doing Charlie's Kitchen at the time. And yeah, right in Harvard Square, yeah. Yeah. You had some prints available. and Did you have any paintings at that show do you remember I, did. I know you made the flyer for the show too which was cool um yeah you've done I, a couple flyers for him I, I've done a couple flyers um uh even I designed his logo for for iDesign uh, yeah actually this last summer and uh, that was a treat to do um but uh yeah that night I had a painting with me uh I believe it was my lamb's head so I I'm in the midst of creating along with a plethora of other projects, um, an animal head series, uh, and I believe that was the fourth installment. I'd already painted um, a lion's head, a boar's head, and a rhino. So that was my fourth, the, the lamb. So I, I think I just recently finished it, um, so I just brought it along with me to kind of showcase um, the variety of work that I do. Yeah, and the lion's head is incredible. Uh, I love that one. Um, you, I remember picking up your business card to um, to be in touch with you about hosting you on the site. I should also say you're you're another showcased artist for the site, and uh, right, will right, yeah. we'll be a returning artist for next month. And the lion's head is also a mural in Pavement Coffee in Alston. Right. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. That also came out great. I mean, oh, thank you, thank you. I, I love the the background and the the texture that you that you chose. To, uh, yeah, to do. and yeah, you've got like um, hexagons and uh, like waves and dots and. Mm -hmm. um, that was that was how one how in particular. did how did that come about? Uh, who approached who on on setting that up? Did yeah. you know someone there? Or? Uh, so so the way. That all came to be was, um, I, I don't want to talk too much about uh, leaving my, my day job. I used to be a teacher. Uh, but back in 2014, in May, I had made a life decision to focus on my art uh, full time. And <laughs> I think it had only been three weeks or so. I spent pretty much every day painting. I was going out and doing a bunch of landscape painting. And um, long story short, uh, I was I, I was like, okay, now I have a body of work. Now I want to show it. So I just answered the first call for artists I saw, and it was at a pavement coffee house. It was the one over by BU. Um, they were looking for artists to hang work there on location, and, um, and I did. I think I had the month of August. And then the uh, director there, the art director, um, and he was doing a lot of work. He was he was managing. I think it was like five different locations, uh, pavement locations, uh, every month. And he was rotating new artists in and out every month. And he saw that I was painting through the entire month of August, and then asked me to 
showcase some more of my work. So um, I had all new original paintings the following month, so 12 new paintings uh, to take the place of everything that was showing in August. And then the, the president, uh, CEO of the company came in and saw the Lionhead painting, um, because it was one of the I had some smaller paintings in the front, and then some of my animal heads in the in the rear. Mm. Saw it and was like, "Let me get in touch with this guy." So the art director was like, "You know, he wants to talk to you." Um, we sat down, we met in Austin, and he was like, "Can you replicate your lion head painting for me?" Um, Did you meet over coffee? Over coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I would yeah, assume. We did. That, yeah, we did. That was... <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we met and, um, you know, pretty much on the spot, I was like, yes, let's do this. And um, all I really did was change the, the color scheme um, for him to match because it was a new, uh, new store for him. I think he had owned that location, but he was revamping. He's revitalizing um, all of his locations uh, around that time. So when I completed that project... Um, I, I had done such a good job on it um, that he invited me to uh, do another mural at that time. At, uh, I finished that project in October of 2014. He was like, I have a new shop opening up on, on Fenway on Boylston Ave. Uh, it's literally across the street from Fenway Park. And he was like, it's a new location. I have an interior designer. Um, let's work together. And, mm -hmm. and then that led to an even larger mural, which that one is actually 23 feet by 13 feet and is, I consider, the most challenging thing I've ever done artistically. So it's crazy how, to reel it all back, how answering a call for artists right after I, I left my, my day job <laughs> led all the way to a mural right across the street from Fenway Park um, in a coffee house. Yeah, I, I pass that location all the time. Um, <laughs> You know, it's highly trafficked, so a lot of people, I'm sure, are seeing it. Yeah, it's a beautiful location, and I'm, I'm really proud of the work that, that I was able to do. And, and I really enjoyed working with um, my client. Um, it's very rare that when, I, when I'm working um, with a business um, that I'm just kind of allowed to be me and, and do do what I want basically I just basically did you know he he guided me with um you know he had a couple ideas here and there um I don't want to get too far off track here but uh yeah it, just to kind of wrap it up like it was just but he really pretty much wonderful. gave you free reign to free reign to, to just kind of mm. do what I want and if I had an idea I would bounce it off him and he would just be like yeah, go for it. I mean, there. You probably just had like maybe some set dimensions of how far he wanted to, to extend across the wall. Yeah, and he, you know, there's a little so. bit of a vision. He had a little bit of a vision. I was able to to work with what he wanted. Um, the mural that I did in Fenway uh, is basically what I tried to do with it was mimic a page from my sketchbook. So it's it's just black and white line work, um, and it's it's. What it eventually cultivated to was uh, a fantasy city. So he, at first he wanted like a city, city of of the world with like different landmarks uh, throughout the world, and then it just kind of morphed into you know this this world city 
filled with all these creative and interesting things um, going on in the streets and in the sky, and there's a floating city, and I put the little prints in there in the upper right-hand corner. I was a huge fan of the, at least the, the movie when I was a kid. Um, mm. I think I put, I put Superman in there. There's like a kind of a Alice in Wonderland theme. Um, there's a giant baby in the lower left-hand corner uh, playing with a boat, <laughs> a massive boat. Um, and that actually represents my <laughs> unborn son at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I put the I put the um, the the president's uh, CEO's uh, cat. Uh, he's kind of rubbing himself <laughs> up against the Eiffel Tower. But um, yeah, it was very intricate. It was it was crazy project, and it's um, yeah, I'm, very, I'm just very proud of it. You have every reason to be. Yeah, it's 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 really good. Uh, people should go in and, and check that out. Um, at either location. So let's let's get into uh, the first question I usually ask or have been asking, and that's um, where are you from originally, and what what do you do in addition to art for work? I mean, you you've quit your day job, um, so you're focusing on the art now. But I guess just what, where are you from originally? Uh, where where I'm from originally? Um, so I'm originally from. Boston, Massachusetts. I was born born here. Uh, lived in Hyde Park first seven years of my life. Uh, moved out to the Burbs, out to Holliston, Massachusetts in '87. Uh, uh, I was there until about '93, so like the eighth grade for me. Um, then my dad got a job in uh, Washington D.C. Um, actually working at the the Pentagon as a help desk manager. Um, at one point, <laughs> but uh, I went to high school there. I lived there until '98, and um, went to uh, the Ringling School of Art and Design, now known as the Ringling College of Art and Design, uh, through 2002. And, and uh, since then, I've just kind of uh, moved around. My family moved back up here after I finished high school. Um, <clears throat> So I, you know, I've 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 lived in Franklin. I've I've lived in Texas, um, Franklin, Massachusetts, uh, Texas, and um, once I met my wife, we just kind of bounced around a bit. So mostly Massachusetts, but um, my more formative years of of learning art, learning about art and artists and artists living and life uh, happened in Washington D.C. and in Florida for me. How long have you been creating and presenting artwork? Uh, creating and presenting artwork. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give the typical artist response and say, you know, as soon as I could pick up, uh, <laughs> pick up the materials I was drawing. Um, my, my mother uh, always tells me this story of, of um, you know, when I, when I couldn't even talk. Uh, I wasn't even old enough to talk, but I could gesture um, I was a huge fan of uh, Stanley's Spider-Man, so that was kind of like where it all started for me. Superheroes. I mean, what kid doesn't love superheroes? Um, but I would see, I I would pull out a piece of paper, some crayons, and put the paper in front of my 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 mom and gesture like that I wanted her to to draw Spider-Man for me, and then she would she would do it, and then I I would I would eventually. It, just nudge her out of the way um, because it, she wasn't, in her words, she wasn't doing it right, <laughs> doing it justice. So, 
I kind of elbowed in, I think, from... So I must have been in diapers at that point. And, um, and that's where it started for me. And I actually have a bunch of... Spi- it's crazy. It's eerie how many Spider-Man drawings I have. I have them somewhere. <laughs> They're all somewhere in my house uh, from when I was, you know, very young, like two, three, four years old, just Spider-Man all day. And that was your go-to character? It was... That, it it was, was I was all about the Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all yeah I, until like you know until there was you know huge into watching you know who didn't watch Saturday morning cartoons like oh, yeah. He-Man and um, and then like later on after school you know the Disney afternoon and all that yeah, I used to like stuff. draw all of those characters like the Animaniacs I love Freakazoid uh, sure. I used to draw all those characters um, but the number one I remember when yeah, I was the like the WB lineup that they had yeah the WB yeah, yeah. But I think before that, too, there was, uh, I know the Ninja Turtles was something that really got us, like, into drawing, me and my, my friends uh, at the time. Um, Ninja Turtles all day. And, um, yeah. I used to love that first <laughs> video game, too, that they had, the, the Ninja oh, Turtles. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Even, it was a pretty good port to the NES, too. I remember playing that a bunch. Uh, man, yeah, that was... Oh, man. Summer's in the arcade. The ar- yeah. Get me going four, all day Four people, that. you know, you could all play as yeah. whatever turtle. There were very few games like that. I think the only game before that I can remember playing four players was, like, the dual-screen X-Men. Um, and I just... I always played Wolverine, because he had that berserk move where he'd just go... Cha-cha-cha! And just <laughs> cut across the screen. But, um... Oh and oh, you can't forget the 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 Simpsons. I know you have the you have the Blinky yeah. tattoo, but uh, uh, <laughs> Blinky with the coif. Yeah. Body, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Simpsons. That was another one too. Um, huge influence. So all in all, after you started, you know, creating the Spider-Man uh, drawings at an early age, uh, how long do you think it dates back till you got out of uh, the house and started actually showing? stuff somewhere uh do you mean like through school like yeah uh, even even through school like did you yeah so um the funny thing is and i i I didn't know if i was going to go there with the interview but um when i was in middle school like maybe third through like fifth or sixth grade um I was like an average art student and we had art shows at our school all the time and like when they had like the PTA meetings um, they would have like an open house in the art room and all of the art would be on display and I was so proud of like I remember fifth grade I had this drawing of my hand it had all the details of my hand it was like a contour line drawing Um, it wasn't blind it wasn't a blind contour line drawing or anything but it was a contour line drawing in my hand it had my fingernails and all the all my freckles and, you know, everything. Uh, and I was so proud of it. I think I got like a, a C plus on it. C plus, like B minus. So I wasn't, you know, there was a, a time where, and I, and I loved the idea of like, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I get to show my work, um, you know, with more than just like myself or my friends. Like I'm, I'm actually showcasing it. So I think from a young, young, from that age, probably about fifth grade or so, I was very conscious of it, and it, what, what's crazy to me thinking back is like, I never really recalled getting those like C's in class. I just was always like into it, and it never really got to me um, as far as um, you know the grades go or anything. It was more about I was just so passionate about showing my work that none of that stuff mattered, um, and I think that's where it really started. I showed I showed my work a lot. 
um, in high school. Uh, I had a, a teacher, uh, her name is uh, Miss Casper. She was a huge influence on me. Um, but I, for homecoming, we had like t-shirt, a t-shirt design contest and I designed like the shirt for that. And, um, I think a couple other events. Um, so that was kind of cool to see my art printed on, on, uh, t-shirts and people walking around the you school, you know, school the, spirit. And, the image that was on the homecoming shirt? Uh, our, oh man, I can't remember the name of the high school. It might've been T.C. Williams. They had, uh, I remember it was like an eagle was their mascot. So it was basically, um, a giant, our mascot was the Cardinals and it was just a menacing, hulking, uh, Cardinal standing over like a plucked, uh, eagle, just kind of like, <laughs> no, don't hurt me, kind of pose. Um, but uh, but that was that was fun. So I, I got my first taste of what it's like to actually produce, have my work produced uh, more than just like have it be something that you appreciate on a wall or hold in your hand. Um, you a know, tangible one per, it, yeah. item that someone could... That multiple people yeah. can appreciate and enjoy. So that was really cool. And um, there was a, a guy, he, we're friends on Facebook, but I haven't even talked to him in a dozen years. But uh, his name was Kenji Bolin, and he had um, this poetry zine that he featured art on. And I, I, I remember working with him on that, and that was something that was circulating around the school, and I thought the idea of that was pretty, pretty sweet. So did you do some illustrations I for it? I did some illustrations yeah. for that. Um, there was also a book of poetry that was put out uh, through the English department, I believe, and there were illustrations in there, and I got my work published in there. I didn't work for the school newspaper, um, but uh, but yeah, it's. I think that's that's where that all started was was high school where I really started showing my work and then college and beyond it it's you know completely different animal is there a artist or a piece of art that most inspired you to start producing work I mean aside from spider-man <laughs> um, yeah so I, I came prepared here actually with a list of um, my earlier influences versus my my later influences and Reason why, and I'm going to try to go as quickly as I can here. Um, yeah, because you know the, the follow-up part of that is uh, the, what artist or piece has become a favorite since back then. So you've got the right. current one. Okay. Uh, yeah, and some of it, what's, what's crazy is um, a lot of my influences from college are still, I think that's because I, I, learned, I learned a lot more about art, culture, and what it is to be an artist, to actually live the life of an artist in college. And before then, I, I was interested in art, you know, and, and I think in high school, it was like, do I become a biologist or an artist? I don't know. I had, <laughs> I had different interests. I was interested in science. But um, uh, my earlier influences um, uh, go all the way back to my, my father always had a bunch of art books around the house. Uh, he also went to uh, the Museum of Fine Arts School. He was a film major there. So he oh, wow. naturally had a large and extensive collection of art books uh, around the house. Um, so a lot of those uh, earlier uh, influences um, are, you know, he had like the, you know, your basic Van Gogh, Salvador Dali, Picasso, Monet, Renoir, Degas, all the artists that, you know, everybody knows. Um, and, you know, books on, you know, uh, I think he had a book on the Louvre, 
that I just poured over for hours and hours when I was younger. Um, and uh, it wasn't until I got to college that I learned about other artists, um, uh, painters, primarily painters and illustrators, and a lot of the earlier illustrators, the, the two kind of go hand in hand. A lot of them were painters by trade, um, and it, it just, I, I could talk for forever about the conversion of, you know, what it was, what artist life was like for a painter versus like an illustrator. Um, but you know, uh, some of those and still can be to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Um, but, uh, just to name a few, uh, Lucian Freud, uh, Dean Cornwell, and this is in no particular order, uh, all the Wyeths. So that's like NC Wyeth, Andrew Wyeth, Jamie Wyeth, all of them, um, uh, H.R. Giger, Winslow Homer, uh, Hudson River Valley School, so which includes, uh, Albert Beardstad, Thomas Cole. Uh, Velasquez, uh, Diego Rivera for like his murals, they're ultimately inspiring for me. Frida Kahlo, Mary Cassatt, um, oh man, uh, but I, the three for me, and it, it started freshman year in uh, college, um, that kind of stuck with me ever since, are Egon Schiele, Alphonse Mucha, and Gustav Klimt, this, this, those guys from Vienna, um, you know, the Austrian painters uh, and uh, going back to the to what it is to be an artist and live the life of an artist um, Egon Egon Schiele for me is probably the top of those three um, and uh, what we're talking about is uh, expressionism so he in, in the way I uh, absorb his work is is he if you look at a picture of him he looks like his drawings <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than it's just like earthy, natural, you know, from from within, from within him, and it was purely it incorporates him. some of his features. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like it, it it's it's like the artist the itself is is his art, like his his being. You know, it's like his his uh, his art was a mirror of himself. I, I can't think of a better way to mm -hmm. to to put it into words, but for me, it was like, and, and his, 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 I'm going to use the word raw again, um, his style is so raw and uh, very limited color palette. Uh, he did nothing but figurative work. But uh, e Egon Schiele, he, um, he's, he is the top for me because uh, he draws, it's almost like from his soul, um, and he just puts it on paper. And it's unfiltered. Um, it is what it is. It's in your face. It is what it is. And I think that's what I admire about him and his work. And it got me going. And, and um, you know, I just, whenever we had assignments in school where I had to mimic, uh, we had to do master copies of, you know, some of our favorite artists. He would always pop up. I'd do paintings. I'd do drawings of inspired by his work. Um, but anyways, so he was yeah. a point of reference for you a lot. Yeah, um, uh, primarily college though, right? Primarily college, yeah. yeah. Um, and just even quicker here, I just wanted to kind of roughly go through some of my um, uh, illustration influences, um, yeah. which are mostly from uh, from art school. Is is uh, and my childhood is uh, Stan Bernstein. 
the of the the Berenstein Bears. Oh, okay. He did the Berenstein yeah. Bears. Uh, he also did a book. It's I called didn't the know that was book. his last name. And Berenstein, you know, like, yeah. The... Uh, I think it's Stan and Jan Berenstein. Um, and and I, I had a ch- uh, when I was a child, I had a book. I still have the book in my library. It's called the Troll Book, and it is like it's a scary book. Like the the illustrations are eerie, um, and and that's really stuck with me. Uh, as far as my my pen and ink work goes, um, so as far as like influences in my own art currently, um, that is probably where that seed was planted was with Stan Berenstein, okay. uh, but also more the work of Maurice Sendak, um, Herge who did uh, Tintin, um, and now I'm a lot of the contemporary artists that I'm looking at Frank Quietly anything by Paul Pope. Jeff Smith, uh, Tomer and Asef Hanuka, uh, James Heron, Frank Cho, uh, just to, to name a few. Like These are all guys that, that I look at their work and I'm just blown away by. So um, um, where did you draw the inspiration for the, um, the wildlife paintings? Because those are, those are like photosurrealist. Uh, oh. <laughs> they, they're just so crisp and clean and you... You know they're they've got that photo quality. And uh, it's weird to say it, but um, I'm a huge fan, and I know that's a lot tighter than impressionism. But I am a huge fan of Monet, um, and I would say I would say the inspiration for that is Monet, and knowing because um, a lot of those paintings, I believe, actually, yeah, all of the paintings that were featured on uh, Artists Only were done plein air, so on the spot. Um, I was going to ask that too. Uh, how many do you usually just set up the easel and do on location, or do you use photo reference sometimes? Do you, do you take photos as well? Um, I do take photos. Um, I do have a studio, and I work out of my studio. Um, so for the larger scale paintings, I have to work from photographic reference. Um, I, I consider... Um, the, the plain air painting I do, um, it, it's, it's, it's so different from the studio work I do in that it's more reactive um, and it's just, I'm focusing on the moment. I know I have a limited amount of time, so I'm really just trying to capture as much beauty as I can in that three hour span. I usually try to get those paintings and those, those run from five by seven inches to eight by 10 inches. So those smaller paintings, um, the majority of those are done on site and the larger ones I just have to bring to my studio because it would just, for me to work the way I do. I mean, I could, I could always take a giant canvas out and see what happens. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Yeah. But um, what I like about the plain air painting um, is uh, I, I don't even set up an easel. I have this uh, portable seat that I take with me, and uh, I live five miles from a state park. And I think the first summer that I that I uh, had quit my my day job, I had done 35, 40 paintings. Um, wow! And I would just go out pretty much every every day I could uh, to the state park right down the street, and I'd walk two, three miles into the park uh, and just find a spot with my little portable seat and set up my little uh, mini palette and water brushes and, and uh, just paint right on my lap. <laughs> um, you know, because with an easel, it just adds an extra dimension. And I, I like the, the, the compactness of, of what I'm working with right now. It works for me. And it also, 
thinking as a as a, a business owner myself now, um, it lends itself easier to scanning. I can scan the image once I get home, and then I can put prints up for sale immediately, basically. So in one day, I can complete a painting and have it up for sale um, in my my online shop that evening. So. Uh, and that's just a business decision as well. And it's funny how the business decisions influence my artistic decisions um, in that sense. I know you, you've done, like you said, watercolor. Mm -hmm. uh, I know some are acrylic that you, you do. Yes. Um, and some are also um, gauche? Gouache. 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 Um, so all of the plein air paintings are gouache. Uh, and it's a, it's a palette I've been using since college. Um, or just after college, about a year after college, a buddy of mine who's also an artist, uh, his name's Jason Aponte, he's an amazing artist uh, working out of Miami. Um, he bought me the entire set from the palette to the brush to um, all the colors, and I've just been using that one set uh, since then. And I haven't stopped because it seems to work for me. I'm able to get uh, the majority of color variation uh, that I'm looking for in my work, so I, if it so ain't all broke, those are don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. So all those are gouache. Um, uh, all the, of the plain, the airs, plain air stuff. All of it is gouache. So I'll, what I'd do say you? Hundred percent of it. What yeah. do you um, tend to like to use for uh, the watercolor or the um, the acrylic stuff? Uh, um, that's funny. Funny you ask, because it, it it depends on what mood I'm in. If I'm in a more immediate mood, I like the gouache because it acts a lot like acrylic. It's not as forgiving, but it's more immediate. Um, just the technique that I use, it's just way more immediate. Whereas uh, with my acrylic, the technique that I've I've built for my my acrylic paintings, um, which I generally do in my studio. Um, they, uh, I use um, tons of media, tons of uh, glazes, and, you know, it's just more drawn out. So, like, if I'm working on a 36-inch by 36-inch paintings, which I'm doing a series of New England, um, sorry, landscapes of New England large-scale uh, painting series right now. And those are all 36 by 36. It was originally Instagram inspired because at the time uh, there's filters now that you can make, you know, rectangle, rectangular mm -hmm. posts and what have you. But I was kind of inspired by the square format. So they're all square paintings. Um, those are all studio paintings because the, the glazing and all the washes that I put in on top of... Uh, on top of one painting, it, it takes like a full week. If I'm working eight to 12 hours a day on, on the painting, it'll take me a week to, to finish it. Whereas all of the plain air paintings I do, it's three hours or less. Was there a moment in time when you felt uh, most like an artist? <sighs> right now, man. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any, any time other than the present for me because... The way that I view... Did it take getting away from having the day job for all those years of teaching? Oh, no. That to, my to ideas, really feel like you were focusing most on being one? No. Um, my, the thing is that I, we all, all creative people, um, I'm sure, you live with your ideas all jumbled in your head all day. You can't get away from it. I mean, at least I can't. Um, and, and the way that I look at my life as an artist is I am 
my work today is nothing but a culmination of everything I've learned before. So the present is, is where I feel most like an artist because I've, I've gathered that much more life experience and I'm that much more knowledgeable, um, business savvy. That is, that is a huge proponent of it. Um, something that I never, never really learned when I was in art school. I, 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 wouldn't take my education back for the world, but if, if I had taken a business class sooner, I would have. But uh, yeah, it's right now I'm just, I'm, I'm where I'm at because I, you know, it's, I, I've traveled so many roads and made so many missteps uh, along the way. And it's, it's a culmination of honestly, mostly the failures that I've, I've, I've come to in my life uh, artistically um, or even outside of art, you know, just living and, you know, like losing, losing loved ones and, um, just living life, you know, all together, all that together, just, you know, that's, it's an ongoing process. I'm life still lessons, on, yeah, you yeah. can only learn from mistakes and, yeah, and I'm still on that path, I'm still chugging away and I, you know, I'm optimistically looking to the future, but, um, as far as most feeling like an artist, it's, Hopefully, hopefully tomorrow after today. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say motivates you most to create and complete? And which do you prefer, the thought process or the physical? Oh, of, of uh, completing my work. Um, uh, it's funny. So what motivates you most to want to start a, a new project first, I guess? <sighs> Priorities. Um, right now, because I, 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 um, I have a little one at home, um, a 14-month-old son, and I'm a stay-at-home dad, so I, I still work, um, but I have to prioritize around his sleep schedule <laughs> or play schedule or mom's work schedule. Um, you know, I still make the time to, to do the art, um, you know, because that's important, but my life priority right now is, is my son. Right. Um, so for me, the art, the way that the art fits in is, is you know, do I have the time? If I have an hour, um, I, I have a list. I'm a huge fan of lists. I have a list of all of um, all the things I need to do or want to accomplish in my artistic career, short-term short and long-term goals. It's posted on my desk. I look at it every single morning. Um, and that's kind of my guide. So if I have an hour, I can look at the list and say, I only have an hour right now, I can work on this illustration. So I, I just colorized a bunch of ink drawings I did uh, last year, um, and that was perfect for that. Whereas if I'm going to do a painting of any kind, uh, especially a plain air painting, I'm going to have to schedule like mm -hmm. you know one of my, my wife's days off, which she's been an angel, um, you know, giving me, giving me the time I need to, to, to do that as well. So it's I can't just... Like when I was in my 20s, I can't just kind of go where the wind takes me. Um, but that's okay because I, I've, I think what I've learned to do now that I'm in my mid-30s is kind of compartmentalize all of my passion. And it, it's still there. It's still bottled up. And I can take the cap off and go with it and then bottle it back up once, you know, once things change. Because it's, it's a hassle, man. Like... There's so many moving parts once you have a kid. <laughs> I wouldn't change it for the world, though. 
I can imagine. I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, and I'm glad that you had the time to fit this into your schedule tonight. Oh, my uh, wife had the day off, so it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> to the second part, which do you feel you prefer? The thought process of um, what you want to put into something or come up with, or the, the physical of actually drawing it out? and Right. Um, so... When I do, it, it, it depends on my mood. So say we get past the time that I have to do something. You know, depending on what my mood is, if I have time to do anything, you know, I might be in a mode to just go and uh, do some plain air painting. And there's no planning or preparation. It's more reaction. I'm just kind of reacting to the environment. And again, like I said earlier, just kind of capturing as much beauty in that moment as possible. Um, so there's no planning and preparation. And then there's, there's other projects that I have, and they're all just as valid, and I don't prefer one over the other, I guess is what I'm saying, because if I'm working with a client, so say the mural, the 23 by 13 foot mural that I was doing, I had a, a month to refine my sketch for that. So even though I was pretty much allowed to do whatever I wanted, um, you know, the process is still there. I still, you know, to get the, the client interested, I showed him some samples. And then, um, you know, once he's like, yeah, I want to I wanna work with you, then, you know, you got to do your thumbnails and roughs and get those sure. approved. And then, you know, working on the final. And I was even in the final stages. And I think I, I put the Leaning Tower of Pisa. So, uh, uh, so I, had this, I had this monkey that was eating an apple above where people were were potentially going to be eating. Because I, I was doing this mural before any of the furniture had been placed there. Did they find they, that, like, unsanitary? Even yeah, he was, was like, I, yeah, so I just <laughs> took the monkey. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just took the monkey out of it. Um, and uh, there were a couple other things. I had, a, I think I had an animal uh, up against the Eiffel Tower, and he was like, could you make that my cat? I was like, sure, no problem. So little tweaks here and there. It wasn't that, that difficult. It was more the, the execution of it because uh, the timeline was, was very short. But, um, uh, you know, everything worked out, and um, I'm super proud of that work. But, but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I prefer um, the plain air painting over that. It, it, it's all dependent on the mood. And I only, I only work on, I mean, unless I'm working for a client, I have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for the most part, having a business out of my home and working out of my studio, I can make more executive decisions day to day. So uh, with that list present constantly, I can, I can look at it, reference it, and um, you know, just decide on a whim what, what I'm going to be working on. And, and hopefully, um, you know, once the kid gets a little bit older, uh, I'll be able to focus more of my energies on longer-term projects um, that I have, which, uh, you know, I'm writing a children's book, um, and I'm writing a graphic novel. I was going to bring up the graphic novel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that's a labor of love that's been going on for uh, how uh, long now? Since, uh, since art school. I, I conceptualized the idea for it in 2002, so 14 years, 14 years, um, and it's it's it, it's crazy because I don't have all the pieces put together for it, but it's still it's I have and I have everything on paper. That's the other thing is like I usually carry a sketch with, with me everywhere I go. So if I get an idea for anything, if it's mm -hmm. like an illustration, a sculpture, I also do sculpture. 
um, a poem, I write poetry, um, I put it in my sketchbook. So like graphic novel, it goes into my sketchbook. I mean, just give a, a brief synopsis of what the the uh, idea behind the, the graphic novel and, and what maybe uh, the main character or something. Um, okay, um, so... Uh, the the graphic novel itself it's funny talking about it because I've I've never uh, I've only shared this with maybe two people <laughs> um, but it's it's about aliens um, and I don't want to give away too much of it because yeah. um, uh, because there's a lot of twists and turns um, in this storyline but the main character uh, is an art student living in New York City. Um, and one of his figure models. So, you know, drawing directly from my own personal experience in mm -hmm. art school. Um, so that's... It, it's, it's crazy and writing... And he encounters aliens at some point. Um, yeah, Is yeah. that to sum it up? Yes, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm writing it as a maxi-series, which is essentially 12, if you were to imagine, like, a, you know, Marvel or DC comic book, a single-issue book. It's like 12, 12 issues of those books kind of pressed into one, kind of like The Watchmen uh, or The Dark Knight Returns um, sort of thing. Um, and are these aliens that are just curious about our human ways, or does he have to battle these aliens? Um, <laughs> it's it, it 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 gets it gets very deep into um, honestly it, it gets into it's it's basically going to be a social commentary on the world we're living in today with technology, okay, um, and in governments and. And, um, and it's, I just mentioned uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Um, I'm getting flashes of that story in my head because that, that Frank Miller story, he, had, he interjects a lot of the panels with news stories going on around Gotham City. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I got to bite my tongue here. I don't, <laughs> don't want to share too much. Yeah, though, that's, that's fine. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll leave it there. All right. Um, next question is, is there ever um, another medium outside of the ones that you just listed that you would like to attempt? Um, I know you said your father went to college for film. Have you ever did you ever think of that at one point in time, like knowing that he had done some of that? Um, so, yeah, I definitely uh, I've I've it's everything I've wanted to I've basically done other than build furniture. I do want to build furniture, but. Um, uh, I have dabbled in animation, but I'd like to learn animation uh, a little bit better. Um, I had a lot of friends in the computer animation department in school, uh, and they're all learning Maya, and I, I've started to learn Maya. A lot of uh, concept artists for uh, video games, they use Maya to build concepts for their, their illustrations. Um, so I would, I would like to do uh, some serious animation. I do want to make a video game at some point. Oh, cool. Um, Maybe it can yeah. be uh, based from the graphic novel once that happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I also, another obsession that I have in my head is um, uh, those old school arcade machines. And we were talking about that earlier as well, but I, I've always wanted to build a cabinet from scratch and and uh, put some art on the side of it, even if it's, you know, some good old Galaga or... yeah. 
there was some great side art on, on some of those old cases. I yeah, so that's I have this idea in my head. That's I always have. I have so many ideas, and it, it's I I'm I'm happy that I've I've put them all into books. But a lot of times, that's where they will probably live forever. <laughs> but so the short answer is, um, uh, I would say animation and video games, and furniture making, and furniture making. What is your opinion on the role social media plays in the art world today? Uh, I am a huge fan of social media. Uh, I utilize that on a daily basis uh, with my, my home business. Um, yeah, and, and, and give people your handles if uh, they want to check them out and, and add you. Uh, okay. Like um, your pages. All right, so um, my, my website uh, primarily, which has links to pretty much everything, um, is brianbaresi.com uh, and it's B-R-I-A-N-B-A-R-R-E-S-I.com. Uh, my handle on Instagram is brian underscore Baresi. Uh, I also have a Twitter account. I believe it's under the same. Uh, and I also have an art page on Facebook, Brian Baresi Art. I have a Tumblr. I have a Pinterest page for all my references. Um... I think that's pretty much everything. I might be forgetting something, but I I, I update all of those um, at a minimum on a weekly basis, um, and so I'm on there all the time. But but I, I'm learning as far as like doing all this on my own and not working for a company or corporation is. Um, I have to be my own PR person, and the only way to really do that is utilize social media because the way I used to do things uh, when I was just out of art school this is before Facebook before YouTube before oh I have a YouTube channel too <laughs> um, but can. again most of that's linked to my my art page um, Brian Baresi art but before before all this social media I used to beat the pavement and walk around to galleries and with my portfolio I had a giant yeah. portfolio book and like hey what do you got you know now it's like online you'd that was really the only way I mean you'd, you'd go to yeah. galleries you'd meet one person drop your card yep and that's and I, I still do that from time to time now uh, definitely um, but uh, social media is where it's at uh, I've got a lot of surprise gigs through there um, I actually inadvertently met you through that because mm -hmm. uh, Ian found me through my Etsy shop. That's another thing I got. I got an Etsy shop. Um, so that's uh, how Ian so found, he you. found me yeah, through I, social I never media, asked you about that. and that's how we're talking now. Is yeah. because of social media. So I mean, it's amazing Ian, the connections. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's amazing the connections you can make, and it it is. I will say it. It is a little difficult to kind of keep up with things and and. And uh, I'd certainly have to l limit the amount of time that I put into it because you could just lose yourself in like posting and mm. you know updating. You know, every time I finish an image, you know, oh, I gotta make sure I get it my my Tumblr and my you know Twitter. And do you feel like you've reached the level of exposure with the public that you are trying to achieve? Um, um no. You, do you have anyone? No. Do you have like a lot of? People commenting on stuff. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, you uh, know, I, asking about like you know, can can you get a print or you you sell some of the prints? Um, yeah, yeah. I sell prints through my uh, my Etsy shop. Um, I get a lot of reaction through Instagram, and a lot of reaction through Facebook. And I've gotten jobs through. I haven't gotten jobs through Instagram yet, but I've gotten uh, several paying jobs through uh, my Facebook art page. 
um, and my, my Etsy shop, uh, which, you know, is, has been phenomenal. But um, the thing is, is uh, when, you, when you are the sole proprietor of your own uh, business, um, you have to spend a certain portion of your time focusing on that, that business, and that's all the business end. I mean, if, I, if any artist had it their way, I'm sure they would spend 100% of their time making, thinking about creating or you know, just, just doing their own thing, creating the art. But to do, if you're going to do it on your own, I'm learning like I, I, I had never learned how to write a contract. I had to learn how to write a contract this last year, mm-hmm. you know, working with a large business. And, you know, there's liabilities and all sorts of other things that you have to factor in. Merchandising is another thing. Um, uh, usage. So if it's a logo versus a print for sale, like a print for sale is super easy because you just, you know, I just get, I get the order. Um, go to my computer, yeah. print it up, ship it off, and we're good. Whereas a logo, the usage is going to be much more expansive, um, like the the iDesign logo that I did. Right. It's going to show up on concert posters, uh, His cards. records, you, know, yeah. you name it. He's got the label Bill, now. Billboards, <laughs> you, know, what, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, so the way you write a contract is super important. And it's, it's not something that I don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I want to... I want to write a contract, you know, like it's, I wake up and I want to make art. Um, but it's an essential uh, part of my day and it's just kind of the way that I, I deal with it is I just format it into my daily schedule when I'm working. But um, yeah, so social media is, I, I can't love it enough. And it, it actually alleviates uh, a lot of the pressure I used to have of like I gotta get myself out there I gotta get exposure by actually going physical places now I can just do it all from my my computer. Is there a museum or gallery you favor or frequent? So, strictly speaking, Massachusetts, um, mm-hmm. and I, I was thinking about why I really enjoy these spaces uh, is and I, it's a short list: the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. The De Cordova Museum, which is actually a hop, skip, and a jump from here in uh, Lincoln, Mass. Um, and the Mass Mocha Museum over in uh, North Adams, over by Mount, Mount Greylock. Um, yeah, I've been meaning museums. to get to that one for quite a bit now. Oh, it's But it's, it's a little awesome. haul and without a vehicle, yeah. But oh, I'll, yeah. I'll make it down there. Yeah. They also put on a uh, biannual music fest that uh, Wilco um, oh, organizes wow. all the oh, bands for. Awesome. And, you, and it's like a two or three day camp out. Uh, my best friend and a friend of his uh, yeah. went down, and the one, uh, yeah. not, not last year, or was it last year? They didn't have one this year, so I think it was like last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was thinking about it. Like, I, I think the reason why I really enjoy those spaces um, is because uh, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, um, that, that was her home, and she decorated the walls right. of her home with all these amazing pieces of art. And each room has a different theme. And you walk around the, the museum and it's like each, it's like the house itself is the art. It's, 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 it has become, the collection itself has, has become the art. And that's, that's what really gets me. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's funny, I, I'm, my, also on my list here, I have two museums in Philadelphia um, the Mütter Museum, which if you're into like skeletons and drawing and painting, that kind of stuff, um, mm-hmm. definitely got to check it out. But the Barnes Foundation is very similar to the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum because it was 
I believe previously um, this man, one man's collection set up around his house and it's no longer in his house. It's in a separate, the foundation is its own building now. Okay. Um, but it's, it's organized in a way that um, very similar to Isabella Stewart Garner Museum is like he, he, this guy lived in this space and the art is kind of displayed the way that he would have viewed it walking around his own house. Got a couple questions left. It's the furthest location in the country or globe that your art has reached by being viewed, purchased, or commented on via the web? Um, I feel like I can't even comment on that because uh, with Instagram in particular, there's my art's been viewed all over the world. Uh, for whatever reason, um, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of followers in China and um, Russia and South America, um, primarily, mm -hmm. uh, outside of the U.S. But uh, as far as viewed in the U.S. I mean, have you ever gotten a sale on the Etsy store um, that's been like overseas or like further across the country? I haven't gone that far yet. Uh, I haven't. I haven't shipped overseas yet. Um, I only shipped domestic in the domestic U.S. Um, I would like to learn how to sell overseas. I've had requests from oh. potential clients overseas, um, but I just haven't. I haven't gone that. What's far the yet. furthest it's gone out of New England then? Oh, uh, California. Okay. Far, all the way out to the West Coast. Yeah, California. I had a sale recently in Texas and uh, North Carolina, Philadelphia, um, all over, <laughs> all over. <laughs> Cool. Well, yeah, that question's not looking for specifics. I do feel like I'm, I'm getting exposure in that sense because, you know, at least like nationally I'm able to kind of spread my work and people are seeing it around the country. Um, um, but internationally, it's uh, with the Internet, you can pretty much on my YouTube channel, I can post a, you know, a time lapse of one of my paintings. And Is that, yeah, because I was going to ask you what you primarily have on the YouTube. It's, it's time-lapse uh, I mean, stuff? Yeah, time-lapse. Um, it's very limited right now, um, what I have on there. But, um, you know, what, what I primarily use for social media, honestly, is, is Facebook and Instagram. Right. Uh, and then through my Etsy store. So if there's interest on Facebook, I point them to my Etsy store. And, um, yeah, I had actually gotten a... It's, it's not a print. You actually, the, the uh, life and death, I, I got off your oh, Etsy yeah. store uh, after <laughs> seeing it in person. Yeah. And I told you I, I would um, hit you back about grabbing it. Mm -hmm. um, was that a, um, a stamp or a wood um, carving? Um, that was a lino print. So I also do lino prints. I, I do, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even touched on, on that, but that, that was a Because it looked like print. it maybe had been carved out of, like, you know, a stamp. Linoleum and then, block. And then, yeah, or a linoleum yep. block. And yeah. the paint had been, like, pressed on it. All right, and finally, do you have an art selection to recommend? This can be a visual piece, certain music selection, or a film of um, any era. It can be current. Um, so I, I actually did think a lot about this, and I picked a, a book, a graphic novel in particular, Great. Um, that I've read recently. I mean, I have hundreds of, of yeah, recommendations. It doesn't need, it doesn't need but, to be a certain portrait. It can be, you know, visual piece of graphic novel. Yeah, so um, the Lock and Key series, uh, I believe it's put out by IDW Publishing, I believe. Uh, it's by Joe Hill and Gabriel... Rodriguez, um, and it's a wonderful horror story. 
Um, so if you like comics, um, it's 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 really a must read. It's one of the best stories I've read in um, probably the last decade, and I, oh, I just wow. finished it uh, last year, and um, hugely inspiring. Um, and and as far as like you you know speaking of of work, a selection of music or or film. Um, you know, or an actual piece of artwork. Like, for me, art is uh, storytelling. And, um, and that's, that's kind of why, you know, my life's, my, my labor of love is that, that, um, that comic book. Because it's, it's like a story. That story is, it, it, it's going to take so much more time to, to kind of push out of me than just, you know, an immediate painting. So for me... Um, a lot of my appreciation goes to people that do that sort of work, write and draw comics, because it, it's laborious, <laughs> and it takes a lot of um, a lot of focus to be able to complete something like that. Definitely. Well, like I said uh, in the opening, you'll be returning to the site um, for October, and uh, because it is the month of Halloween, we uh, unanimously decided that uh, the monsters and creatures would be a good uh, fit for the month. Awesome. So um, They're just recently colorized. Um, yeah, for, I saw, your, I saw uh, that some are, have been color, colorized so far, and uh, mm -hmm. I haven't got, gone over all of them yet, but I, mm -hmm. I knew I, I, for one, definitely wanted to have these Cyclops. Oh, nice. I thought, I thought that, <laughs> that's pretty rad looking. Yeah, no, totally, man. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I, really, uh, I really enjoyed the opportunity to to show through you and to, to have this conversation. It's been well, thanks. awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, Brian.